Welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Morbis, and today we are so honored to have Tim Brown. How are you today? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And today you're going to share a very special story I don't think very many people know about, but I can't wait to be a part of that, sharing that journey and healing with others. But you actually are fighting MS, multiple sclerosis. And can you tell us a little bit about what MS is and then kind of go into when you were diagnosed because you were so young and how it all started? All right. So multiple sclerosis, it's a demyelinizing disease where um, your immune system attacks a neurological system and essentially shuts everything down from your hands to your feet. Uh, you could go blind. You could just lose mo- uh, mobility everywhere. And same with feeling. Um, so back in 2010, uh, I was working. I just got, I just dropped out of high school uh, during my super senior year. School was never my thing. Uh, I dropped out of high school and I started working uh so I could help my family uh, with the finances that were coming after my brother's kidney failure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I dropped out of high school, started working, and in December of 2009, my mom gives my brother kidney failure and everything's okay. Well, the next, over the course of the next couple months, there was just a lot of stressful events that was going on in my family and, and everything else. And in April of 2010, uh, I used to work at this place called Optimum Nutrition. I'm assuming you would heard the uh the protein shakes that they sell and everything mm-hmm. so i used to work at the, at the factory there uh here uh about 40 minutes west of chicago and one day i woke up and i just couldn't really use my hands and it was everything was just stiff and so i went to work and throughout the course of the day i noticed that my legs were just getting weaker and weaker and i started to not really feel a whole lot and i couldn't stand up uh, and hold myself up without sitting down every couple minutes because my legs just hurt so bad. Well, over the course of the next two days, it didn't get any better. And by the time that the third day came, I was trying to put on rubber gloves. And as soon as I put the gloves on, my hands would just fold in here like this. I would not be able to do anything. And so I texted my mom or I called my mom and I told her, Hey, I need to go to the hospital. Something is obviously wrong. Um, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my hands. I can't use my hands. I can't do my job. I need you to take me to the hospital. So we went there. They did a couple tests and they were like, all right, you need to go see a actual neurologist. So I went to the neurologist. Uh, They did all these different tests. They did an EKG. They did, uh, I don't know what the name is called, where uh, it's a test where they put all these nodes on your head. Mm EKG. What is that? An EEG for like seizures and such? Yeah, stuff like that. And so I had to sit there and watch this screen for a little bit. And then I did a spinal tap and an MRI and and everything else. And the next day, my neurologist called me. I was sitting upstairs in my mom and dad's room. And he called and he's like, Tim, I'm sorry to tell you, but unfortunately, you do have MS. The lesions in your brain, your brainstem, and your spinal column are huge. So you need to go to the ER right now. So I ended up in a wheelchair for like a month and a half, almost two months, because I just couldn't walk. I was about 250 to 260 pounds uh, at the time. And I was always a big, a big kid, you know. And uh, when that happened, I was in a wheelchair. I was in the hospital for quite some time. 
And then I got a little better. And I started to be able to walk after the flood and the copious amounts of solumetral infusions um, to help alleviate everything. Uh, I ended up leaving that job and started working for my dad. Uh, my dad, he's a printer. And so I worked over there and did that for a couple of years. But throughout the whole time, I kept on having flare-up after flare-up after flare-up. And on top of that, I was just in so much pain that the doctors, they would prescribe me Norcos or Oxy or Oxycontin or all these other drugs and me having MS and being prescribed all of that, plus the degenerate lifestyle that I lived when I was an adolescent, both of those did not work or did not combine. And I ended up becoming a addict on pharmaceutical medication. Mm. And so that lasted for about two years and I literally just stopped everything one day because I had a withdrawal from Norcos so I didn't have any one day. And after the third time that happened, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. So that was back in like, God, 2012. That was back in like 2012 when I made the decision to stop using all those, all those drugs, right? So what happened that day when you said you're withdrawing from Norco? So for those who've never withdrawn from, you know, high doses or narcotics, or they can understand the pain, maybe, you know, what was the, what was the medication treating? Like what type of pain are you having with them? Asking, explain. Oh, and then my MS, it was mainly in my legs. Everything would like tighten up and, and just like spaz out. And it would just hurt so bad. Mm, like a Charlie horse, kind of like your spasm? Yeah, yeah oh. kind of like that. Okay. And so that's why I was prescribed the pain, the painkillers. Um, yeah. And talking about the withdrawal thing, the, that whole experience sucked. And I don't know why I let it go on three times, but um, after I ran out of my medication, I, I started sweating bullets and it felt like knives were being stabbed into my stomach. I was throwing up. I, couldn't throw up and my head hurt so bad. And that lasted for like 12 hours. Mm. That was horrible. And after that third time, like I said, you know, I, I knew exactly what was going on. Like I understood like the withdrawal. I understood why I was feeling that way. Right. So that's why I guess you can say I, 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 I that's, that's where that will came from to stop with the drugs because I didn't want to add to any other problems that were going on here. You know, I, I didn't want my mom or my dad or my brother knowing that I was a drug addict at one point, you know, so right. I kept that very quiet. Right. And I always told them that I was just sick or I chalked it up to being something with my MS at the time, you know, but I never really understood it up until three, like the end of 2015 when I hit my breaking point. Okay, so you you were diagnosed in 2010. You became you had your the third break, you know, withdrawal in 2012, or did you have that withdrawal from 2015? No, I, I had that in like 2012. Gotcha. And then, so what happened between 2012 and 2015 that led to this describe what you describe as the flare up? Okay, so when I was first diagnosed, uh, they put me on Avonex, and now that's a once a week injection into the leg or to wherever right? That did not work for me, uh, mainly because 
my diet was horrible. At the time, I had no clue diet had any kind of correlation to how you would genuinely feel, especially with having MS. Mm. You know? And uh, so the Avonex didn't work. Then my neurologist prescribed me or put me on the uh, Tysabri, the once a month infusion. That didn't work. And after that, he put me on Cytoxin, which is a chemotherapy. And I did that once a month for about two years, the first time. And then after the lesion, like the only reason why he put me on the chemotherapy was because the lesions got so big. After they decreased in size, he put me on Tecfidera, which was a two pill a day uh, treatment. That didn't work. And so he put me back on chemo uh, in the end of 2014. Yeah, 20, yeah, 2014. Wow. And uh, so I did chemotherapy for about a year, no, for about two years, uh, 2014, 2015, and then going into 2016 and seven. So about three years I did chemotherapy uh, every yeah. month. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, you, you look like you're going to say something. Yeah, no, I mean, so I, can you describe what it's like to be on chemotherapy for three years? I mean, so people hear the word chemotherapy. And, you know, my grandmother lived with my husband and I for eight years and she had breast cancer and she went through chemo. I was with her at midnight when her hair was falling out. And I was with her when, you know, she's asking me to shave her head. I was with her when she's vomiting, all those, you know, the pneumonias, everything that followed suit. Can you tell us what it was like for you? Because my God, you were young. What are you, 23, 22 at this point? Yeah, it was the first time I did chemotherapy, I was 22. Yeah. So tell us what that's like. Cause I think people understand here we are, we have some, you know, some autoimmune diseases that we have seen evidence, you know, clinically cases responding to diet, but we're putting people on these chemo drugs that can kill you and make you feel miserable. Can you tell us what it was like? So I would go in after work and I would show up at like four thirty, five o'clock. And now I would do it for about 24 to 36 hours, depending on the dosage and depending on how my MRIs looked uh, the months previous. So I would go there for that time. Uh, they would do the cellular infusion uh, with the cytoxin infusion uh, throughout the whole course of the, uh, the, my stay there. Now, the time of me actually being there doing the chemotherapy, it wasn't so bad because the cellular kind of counteracted it. Which is but, a steroid for those who don't know. Yeah. And so it wasn't until the day after, uh, like say I go in on Friday, I leave Saturday night, and then I go home on Sunday. I'm okay because the cellular is still kind of in my system doing its thing. But Monday morning came around and I was done. I felt like absolute crap. My head hurt. All I wanted to do was throw up and sleep. I didn't want to do anything. I was just mad and angry and, and it sucked. Mm-hmm. And, and I would always tell people that, you know, people would always ask, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? Or how are you feeling? And I'm just like, I'm just, it, I feel like absolute crap, dude, and I don't know how to be nice about it, but I feel like shit. <laughs> you know? No, yeah, for sure. And so it, it, it was hard for me to, I guess, get people to understand how I felt without them feeling anything remotely close to what I was going through. Right, because I don't even think flu, which I think I've seen people that, you know, the normal healthy people feel. Yeah. I don't think it comes close. 
I've never been through chemo, but just seeing others close to me go through it. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine. And you're so young. You have your whole life, right? I mean, what's, what's going through your mind during this time? Like, as you're sitting here going, is this what the rest of my life is like? Why me? Is this how this is going to be forever? And what the hell did I do to deserve this? <laughs> you know, and, and right. it's, 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 I guess it's human nature for you to just think that way. Um, but sometimes it gets the best of you, you know? Yeah. And, and I found myself in a very, very dark place for a little bit uh, between like 2015 and 2016. The, the depression and the anxiety kicked in tenfold. And because of that, I lost my I lost a relationship. I lost a lot of friends. I pretty much pushed everything and everyone away. And I was just mad and, and upset. And I, I didn't know how to react to it. So I exiled myself from everybody. And I moved to West Chicago, Illinois, which was about 30 minutes away from where I was living because I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I, I dropped everything. I lost my car, lost my job, lost my, not my car, my license my job, uh, all these things, all in one. And that led me into the craziest flare-up I have ever had with this whole MS journey. Okay, tell us the beginning of the flare-up, what happened and what you were thinking and the feeling. Tell us about it in detail, please. Uh, So uh, my ex-girlfriend and I, we just recently broke up and I moved to West Chicago. Now, right after that, I lost my job because my health got so bad that uh, they were just like, you need to do something. You could take the disability if you want, but it's really hard seeing you here and you're kind of killing yourself, Tim. So here's a disability. Take it for a little bit. You know, we'll pay for your insurance. We'll help you out for, I think it was like six months. And I took that uh, and I was living in West Chicago. And then all of a sudden, I don't know where I woke up and couldn't use my legs couldn't use my hands. Uh, My eyes were crossing. I couldn't stand up and balance myself and everything just hurt. Uh, And at the time I was about 320, almost 330 pounds. Three. Okay. For those who are listening, I'm looking at you are obviously not that now. No, I'm about 185 now. So you've lost about 140, 150 pounds? Yes. Oh, okay. That's even a whole nother story. So tell us, continue, please. You're, thank you for sharing. Let's, let's, let's we'll learn about your flair. Yeah, we can get into that. So with that flare up, um, like I said, you know, my eyes were crossing. I couldn't use my hands or my legs. It was really hard for me to walk around and everything hurt. Mm. And from the time me laying, laying in bed, from the time me laying down to trying to get up and move around, I was way too tired to do anything because one, I was extremely obese and unhealthy. And two, my MS, it was just kicking my ass at the time, you know? And so that led into, I I guess, uh, a depression where it was more along the lines of, dude, this is, I don't don't know if this is going to be my last one. It was, there was always that fear that you had, you know, because you don't know if you're one day going to have RRMS and then one day it's going to be uh, PPMS, you know, mm-hmm. and like, like remitting and relaxing and progressive and uh, I forget the other term for it. Right. But that was always my biggest fear that 
this flare up would be the last one and I could never bounce back from it. Right. So that's when I guess I started eating clean. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, her mom introduced me into the whole ideology of food as medication. And so after her and I split and I moved, I kind of had to figure everything out on my own. And so I just started reading a whole lot on, you know, what foods do, what to the body, what could you do to transition into vegetarian, uh, like, like being a vegetarian, because I'll be real with you, Lori, I used to eat like absolute garbage. It was so bad, so bad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I used to be like a serious carnivore and whatnot, and making that transition, I pretty much just put red meat off to the side. I didn't touch red meat at all. I switched everything for turkey and chicken in the beginning, same with like a little bit of fish. Mm-hmm. And then just over the course of the next year, I noticed myself eating more greens and more grains and more fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. And before I knew it, it was like 95% of my diet. You know, and the only time I would ever get any kind of meat inside my system was whenever I go to Chipotle, you know? <laughs> of course, Chipotle. <laughs> of course, it's amazing. There's but, the free does is good. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Which is tofu for those who don't know. <laughs> and uh, so what was going on with your flare at this point and your weight? So you had this flare. You you told us that you couldn't, you know, move your hands, your feet. How did you get out of that flare enough to start feeding yourself differently? And like, what, what was well, going on that transition? That's when my neurologist, he wanted to continue with the chemotherapy. And at the time, with it getting so bad, I was like, what do I have to lose I don't think I've ever heard of anybody really getting sick from eating too many plants and fruits and vegetables. I kind of want to see what this is, what's going on here, because obviously whatever I'm doing is not working out and I'm tired of this. I'm tired mm-hmm. of being afraid that tomorrow I'm going to walk into a flare up and I'm never going to bounce back. I'm, I was tired of being afraid of that, that one, that, uh, sorry, hold on a second. I don't know why this popped up. It was, you were always afraid of the reaction you would get from other people, especially the people that are closest to you. Because mm-hmm. for me, at least, I took care of my, my great uncle. He lived with us, then our other uncle, and then my brother with his thing. I was doing his, his dialysis for a while. I was always taking care of people my whole entire life. And then when I got sick, I continued trying to take care of other people without taking care of myself first. And that's where everything kind of, kind of went downhill you know and so when I came to that realization of that that everything that I was doing was not working in my favor that I should try and start eating more fruits and vegetables and try and do that I noticed myself going to the doctor fewer and further between and it went from every three weeks to every four weeks for the chemotherapy. And then I went to every six weeks and then what's today, the eighth and about mm-hmm. two weeks, less than two weeks will be one year without zero medication. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. What day is that? That's February. Or is that? I don't know. Six? What? 14? Yeah. 
22? It'll be coming up soon. All I know is that it'll be popping up on my phone. (laughs) 22nd is from there. That is fantastic. So during this time, you also, somewhere you you released 140 pounds, 150 pounds. (laughs) I'll I'll be real with you. I was not expecting the rapid, (laughs) the rapid and the extreme weight loss to come with it. Wow. I initially went into this whole thing because I heard that I could potentially stop feeling like absolute crap with my MS. That was, I swear to God, I tell everybody this, that is the first and 100% the only reason why I started doing this because I was tired of taking all the DMDs. I was tired of taking all the narcotics. I was tired of taking all the, the, the crazy cocktail of medication my neurologist was prescribing. And so I, I started doing it because I heard that food is medication. And then I started learning and educating myself on what certain foods do, what's in the body, how they help. Um, And then I ran into forks over knives and honestly, forks over knives, uh, fat, sick and nearly dead. And what the hell, I just ran into those last year. (laughs) I had no clue about them. And then I saw them on Netflix because I was just scrolling through and watching documentaries and forks over knives came up and then what the hell. And then a bunch of other ones. And then, Last year, the beginning of last year is when it really sparked and I went full force with it. I juice these, I juice at least two or three uh, wonder bottles worth every day. I cook all my meals here. I got my mom and my brother on board with the whole food plant-based diet. Phenomenal. And so I'm just trying to go with it because I feel better than I've ever felt in the 28 years I've, I've been here, you know. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing because you're so young and you found this before the MS got you even more, right? Because um, we shared before we started how my aunt died of MS at the age of 44. And she, between diagnosis and her death, was four years. And so um, that's always frightening because when you have a family member that's so close, um, you think about your own uh, situation and what are my risks. So when I was 23, 25, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism at the birth of my second kiddo, who's in his 20s. Now I have three that are in their 20s, like your age. God, I'm old enough to be your mom. <laughs> anyway, so um, that really kind of is scary because right, once you get one autoimmune yeah. disease, you're more likely to get another. Granted, um, thyroid's nothing. It's easy to manage pretty much. And But my thyroid got better 15 years later. I switched on my plant-based diet seven years ago, and my thyroid improved after 15 years. So there's always hope. And people are always going to ask though, what do you eat? I want, I want specifics. Tell me what you eat from your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever you're doing. Cause so, if I don't, um, they will harass us. I'll just give you exactly what I had today. So this morning, uh, I woke up at three o'clock getting ready for work. Okay. Uh, so in the morning I'll make a protein shake. Uh, I have Oregon. It's a plant-based protein powder. I do that along with almond milk, a banana, some blueberries, pomegranate powder, powder, chia seed, makeup powder, and uh, peanut butter powder. Okay. I blend all those. That's my breakfast. I blend it all. That's my breakfast. Okay. Then uh, for lunch today, I had uh, an apple, an, an apple and an orange, uh, only because it was just a really quick lunch. And then when I uh, got home, I had leftovers last night from stir fry that I made. Uh, it's just brown rice with a couple peppers, um, some bok choy, and then I made a sauce with it. So it's like a vegetable broth, 
soy sauce, maple syrup, and then a little bit of ginger, garlic, and arrowroot powder. And then it makes like a, 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 like a really and sticky, sticky, nice stick. Yeah. Yeah. Sauce, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I had today. <laughs> Fantastic. So this is, you know, you don't have to be some extreme raw food. Although, you know, um, Dr. Britt Goldner is a friend of mine and she does a lot of patients with a lot of um, autoimmune diseases, lupus, MS, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's, all this. She puts them on a very rapid recovery system, which is strictly raw foods for the first two weeks. And she does like three, like a pound of veggies, mostly green leafy cruciferous a day, but she does smoothies, which is cool because smoothies are so easy to, for people to wrap their heads around like, okay, that's actually how I get my greens in every day most days. Cause I just, there's only so many salads I can eat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can pull greens. I like blueberries, bananas, and cherries, but I love the peanut butter powder. Like I, you know, when I was a kid, I loved like the peanut butter cups. Yeah. Peanut butter and chocolate, but I put the unsweetened peanut butter powder. That's all it is, is peanut butter dehydrated. And then yeah. the unsweetened cocoa powder with the banana, frozen cherries, frozen blueberries, and I get the mixed springs with the kale, the baby kale, the spinach, you name it. And I literally stuff that sucker. But I use soy milk and then or water and blend it up. And I drink that over an hour or so. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, I usually finish it from the time I leave my house to the time I get to work, which is about half hour. So, which is a good way to do it, right? Because then you're not getting these huge spikes. But, oh, yeah, I put chia seeds in mine too. As you yeah. want to find a little bit of fat, but yeah, that is phenomenal. That's great. So now you've lost all this weight and now you're exercising. I've seen some pictures of you on Facebook. Tell us what, what type of activities are you doing now where you couldn't um, walk before? Okay. So before I attempted to start living healthy, I was, like I said, I was a depressed mess. You know, I shut myself away from everybody and everything. Well, out here in the Chicagoland area, I started like hang, like meeting more people in the car scene, actually. Hmm. And so the people that I met through there, they were definitely a huge help in throughout all of this because they were the ones that were just like, yo, Tim, all right, what's going on? You know, we're your friends, you know? And so throughout doing all of this, I met with uh, this guy, Carlos, and he's the owner of this garage out here in Chicago. And so I've been co-hosting his events the last couple of years and doing that when three years ago, I used to just be like, I don't want to go outside at all. You know, and, and wow. when I was talking, when I did my first podcast with Corinne, you know, I said something it was heal the body and the spirit will follow. And for me, that was the one thing that has stuck with me ever since I heard it because, you know, without, if you don't have anybody with you throughout this whole thing with MS and you're there alone, it's, it gets a, to a very dark place and I won't lie. My parent there, everybody knows this. There have been times where I thought about suicide and, and just self-medicating is not the way to go, you know? And that, that was the one thing that I did for the longest time. And after I realized that what I was doing wasn't working, that I actually needed to try something else and kind of put everything, everybody taught me off to the back burner and just educate myself and, and, do everything based on what I felt was the best for me, then that's when I guess my whole persona shifted as well. 
because instead of eating all of this stuff that is not good for you and it just messes with the like how do I say uh the reaction of the reaction of the way you die I don't even god I don't even know what I'm trying to say here I don't know you could probably edit that part out <laughs> no no there's nothing to edit so you're you're talking about healing the body and the spirit will fall right, right. so that tells me that you're when you're in a deep and dark and lonely place, even if there's people around you who love you, like your mom and your brother and your dad and friends, sometimes you have to pull back and sit back and go, what do I need? And yeah. once you have reset the mind and saying, I need to start doing some introspection and stop reacting and start taking control, right? And so regardless of the outcome, but if I can do everything I can to make me better, then you start feeling the healing because then what's happening? You're no longer out of, you're not feeling helpless as a victim. You're no longer the victim, right? right. So that's yeah, I was, I was just, like I said, I was just tired of being afraid. I was tired of being tired. I was mm-hmm. tired of this and that that came with MS. And I knew I needed to do something and all the drugs that I was taking, you know, along with all the, the chemotherapy and all those other kind of drugs that all the other DMDs, um, none of that was working the way that it, was supposed to and so I just had to learn everything on my own and kind of run with it you know and it's almost a year with no medication so what does your neurologist say I actually am seeing him on Tuesday when's the last time you saw him last year (laughs) (laughs) so he has no idea so okay so after my last round of chemotherapy he was like all right well the lesions are down uh i feel like it's time to take you off of chemotherapy we could switch you over to an oral treatment which was gelenium and so he's like you need to go get a tuberculosis test and then you need to go get uh, another test i forget what it was and so i went to the lab out by my house and they couldn't do both of them in the same day mm-hmm. all right so I went and did the tuberculosis test and they did do that on the skin. And you have to go back like two days later so mm-hmm. they can test it. Right. Well, I had one of those events the day after I got the test. So the day after the event, I was supposed to go in and get it checked out. Mm. Well, I never went. There was a bunch of other stuff going on at the time. My best friend just passed away two weeks prior to that. Oh, and, and I just totally forgot. And, I never realized that I didn't realize up until like a month and a half later that I was like, Oh, Hey, I was supposed to go to the doctors, but I don't feel horrible. I'm not going to go right now because I do not want to. My mom, she was asking me the other day, she's like, what happens if you start to feel bad? And I was, I, I told her that I am willing to try and knock anything out via food rather than medication, rather than, steroids or those kind of medications because the side effects are horrible right. for me at least for me at least right. right and i told her that was my last option you know if, if what i do does not work for like does not work after two weeks of me going hard with it then yeah sure i'll go and and do that stuff to get the steroids that i need but until then like any kind of feeling that I have, whether it be numbness or kind of pain, I, and, and I can notice that it's my MS, mm-hmm. I'm very quick to slam like five of these a day and, right. and just eat very, 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 very clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
that is that one, it took a lot of courage, right? Because, but it's kind of interesting, isn't it? You're like, oh, wow, life's going on and I'm not suffering anymore. Yeah. What? And then it's like this realization is like, huh? What? This is crazy. Now, I can't wait to hear when you go to the neurologist, please ask for an MRI. I'm assuming you're getting an MRI. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming I'm getting an MRI. I called him a couple of weeks ago, actually, like two days after I did the podcast with Corinne. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, hey, it's me. How you guys doing? I know you guys haven't heard from me for a while. And the lady on the phone, she's like, oh my God, Tim, how you doing? And so we started talking for a couple of minutes and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I would like to schedule an appointment because I have not seen my doctor in coming up on a year. And I feel like it's appropriate, uh, the appropriate time for me to do so, considering you guys are probably scratching your heads wondering where I am when three months before I left disappearing, I was there every week. So did you lose, how long did it take you to lose this weight? Like how long, did they see you thin like you are now? No, well, not, not this thin. They saw me a year ago when I lost a lot of weight. Since, since the last time I saw them, I probably lost like another 30 to 40 pounds. <laughs> But I can't wait to see her this. <laughs> We're going to have to do a second one just on your doctor visit. <laughs> you know what? I'll be real with you. Okay, so I started, I'm, I'm going to start doing a YouTube channel. Uh, I started doing a lot, a lot more uh, stuff on Instagram where I uh, show what I made or like certain workouts, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm starting, uh, I have the tag that one guy with MS. Yeah. And so I kind of want to transition it into a YouTube channel because I've done YouTube before. I ran multiple channels and whatnot. I've always been used to being behind the camera. So me being in front of the camera is still. You're doing phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. You know what, though? You're going to resonate with so many young people. You know, it's one thing for, you know, old people like me explaining, hey, <laughs> do this. One thing is that, like, I, since I've been at the, sorry for for this but like since i've been at like the shittiest end of my version of my ms i never want to be there and i don't wish that kind of stuff upon my worst enemy so i'm on all these different groups on facebook all these ms support groups and it breaks my heart to see how many people are newly diagnosed they have no clue where to go and Everyone's talking about all these drugs and everything, you know, try this, which I fully respect. I really do. Sure, sure. But nobody talks about diet. Nobody. Nobody talks about diet. And, and it's the easiest, it was the easiest medication I, I, I guess you could say I've taken. Right. And it's pretty delicious, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It just takes a little bit of time to, to educate yourself on how to properly do it for your individual needs. Right. But at the end of it all, it's so much better than experiencing what I did experience three years ago. Right. So now you have what's interesting, right? So if you look at this from an outsider view, I see a young man who suffered, right, for a long time. And he grew from that experience. And now you have a way to alleviate pain and you feel compelled to help others, which I think is your purpose, right? So you're, in my opinion, just from observing what little we've met here, what a wonderful purpose is to bring less suffering to your fellow humans by your own experience, because that just shows true love. And I think that's awesome. 
you know, it, it sucks because, like, I see so many people sick. And they eat, like, such crap. And they're so sick when they don't have to be. Right. You know, and... and to be honest with you, part of the reason on why I'm doing these podcasts is just to show the people that I've talked to, my friends, certain individuals, certain people in my family, that what I've been talking to, because everybody that I talk to knock on the idea of being a vegan, <laughs> right? They're like, know your place on the food chain, Tim. Come on. You know, got to know your place on the food chain. But I kind of, like I said, I wanted to do this to... to I guess show the people not only people that I don't know, but the people that I do know that I'm not BSing when I say, dude, change your diet. You're going to feel a lot better. Right. Right. And the science is there. So Dr. Kim Williams is in Chicago. Dr. Stephen Loam is in Chicago. These are good people for you to there. They have um, some meetups and stuff in Chicago. I'm not sure where I'll, I'm going to connect you with Stephen Loam, Dr. Stephen Loam. (laughs) I think that'd be good for you. To see that there's other people too. Because you've got to start building your, your community and connection. Plus, the more people you bring into the lives of those around you, right? You got your mom and your brother on board and you know who knows what friends are going to suffer and you're going to be there to help with that. I get it. Trust me. Um, <laughs> oh, how I understand. But that, you're going to have a great life now. I, I just can't wait though, honestly, to hear about the neurologist. I just find these so fun oh, to see. Yeah. When I go in there, I'll just walk in there with my phone and my camera. And I'll just be like, You're just going to have to go. Do you have some video in it and send it to me? Because I just, I'm so tickled to see how people respond, right? For me, when this happened seven years ago, when I had a patient just do, I mean, it was amazing. And it was just a by accident situation. And I was just so enthralled. I was like, what? And, I'll, and it, she had gone, my patient had gone on a plant-based diet because I told her to give up meat and dairy because it was upsetting her stomach. This was long before I was on a, well, it was before I was on a plant-based diet. And she did, but her daughter went on the diet with her, pulled herself off two ADD meds in 30 days at 16. And she brought her daughter to the appointment. And she's like, you tell her what you did and tell her why, how you feel. And she's telling me how good she feels. And she stopped the medications. And I'm going, what did you eat? She goes, well, we only ate like you know, plants. <laughs> she goes, that's what you said. I was like, no, I said, don't eat meat and dairy, but I guess that's what's left. And it fell into that. And I started doing research. I found the China study. I read it like in two days and I found forks over knives. But back in 2012, there wasn't a lot to help doctors learn how to do this. And, um, but I brought it home, had a lupus patient get better as well, pretty quickly. And the three teenagers back then, 13, 15 and 18 in 2012, and my husband said, we're doing this. And they're like, okay. <laughs> they don't have much choice. I do the cooking and the buying. So like, all right, here we go. Uh, it, it was actually really hard to get my mom on board. My mom, she's from Guatemala. Ah, okay. And so the Hispanic heritage, there's a lot of meat in the culture and the cooking, you know? Oh, yeah. And so for a while, it was, uh, I was just like cooking my own stuff and be like, hey, here's your lunch, you know? Just kind of just... Slowly transitioning to her in, into it, and about after like maybe two weeks of doing that, she yeah. realized that she was just eating only plants, right? And yeah. anything that I made, and she started juicing a lot too because she she uh, had the scare of uh, being pre-diabetic. Mm. So she's like Timmy, you, you need to help me, you know. Yeah. So 
I started, she started uh, going really hard with the whole food plant-based lifestyle. And then one day she went out to a restaurant and had some form of meat. And she texted me the next morning and I was laughing so hard. She's like, oh my God, I am never touching meat again. I feel like absolute crap. And I was cracking up. Do you know, but sometimes that's a good lesson because the next time they're tempted, they're going, oh, no, no, no. You know, I I know that lesson all too well. Uh, Last (laughs) year, I went with an ex-girlfriend to a breakfast place. And me, in my big boy days, Biscuits and gravy, that was my, my, my thing. That was your thing? Oh, God, I love biscuits and gravy. So this is about a year and a half after eating really clean, about six months after I went whole food plant-based. Wow. So we went there. I get this food. I eat it. It's delicious. I have the two pieces of bacon next to it. I have the eggs, all of that. We leave the diner, we go to this park so we can take some pictures, and all of a sudden my stomach just flips. And I start throwing up, my face gets all flushed, I start sweating, I go to the bathroom, and like I've been, I was MIA for like 15, 20 minutes. And so I came back out, I came back out, and uh, I, I sat in the car and I was, I was just done. I, after that, I was like, I can never eat out like this again. Nope. And sucks. What are you doing? <laughs> Your puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a dairy uh, three months after going completely whole plant based, and I thought I had I ate it was just frozen yogurt because I took my kids out and I we had they could eat what they wanted when we went out. But then I had that and I got so sick, I felt like I had flu. And uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. But uh, just to let others know, but yeah, I felt like I had the flu in for 24 hours and never touched it again. So but you're fine. I got an, and we have another meeting coming up here, but Tim, thank you so much for sharing your story. Is there any last bit of advice that you would like to share with someone like someone who's thinking about doing this? What's the last little thing you can think of? If switching over to the whole food plant-based diet overnight is not your thing, Start very small by switching to clean meats, to cleaner food. Right. It, yeah. Transition slowly. Transition slowly. It, but just keep transitioning. Don't yep. stop. Yep. There's no, my coworker said this to me last year and ever since then, it's, it's always stuck. There's no growth and comfort. <laughs> you have some good one-liners, man. The things I've never heard is like, no growth and comfort, heal the body and the spirit will follow. Well, it's fantastic. If you may be starting to hear me say these things, this is, this is good. <laughs> this is cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I know your puppy's excited too, but we want to say thank you. And we are going to be rabid fans of whatever YouTube you let me know. We will come and join you and subscribe. And we can't wait to see the lives that are going to be affected by your story and your mission in life. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you again for for taking your time out of your day to spend with us. Awesome. Well, thank you. (laughs) 